We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash hack it out. Just go to Indeed.com slash hack it out right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash hack it out. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Hack It Out Golf Podcast with your host, Greg Chalmers, PGA Tour winner, also Lou Stagner, one of golf's modern minds, really changing the way the game is being played with his ideas around statistics. Myself, Mark Crossfield, a golf pro of 25 years coaching experience, as well as over 15 years of making online golf-related content. So what does your backswing say about you is what we're going to talk about today. Lou and Greg, what does your backswing say about you? I reckon... Greg, see, if I think of Greg's backswing, I've seen Greg's backswing. Uh, this, this is what I hear. Like, yes. I hear yeah. yes, I hear that. Yes, when I think uh, it's beautiful. Yes. It like goes up and down, and that I just oh, now isn't it? Isn't it almost a shame that the downswing happens so quickly? You could just yeah. admire the backswing for a little while. Well, Maybe yeah, we should pause for 30 seconds. Let's all just take longer <laughs> making that backswing. Where Lou, unfortunately, I've been a bit disorganized today and I haven't really got a good sound oh, effect for you. But when I think, when I see your backswing, I think more this. <laughs> Crickets. Crickets. <laughs> no. Like everyone, everyone looks at each other and goes, uh, do I need to say something or do we just let that happen? <laughs> Lou, I've never seen you. I've never seen your backswing, mate. Can you give me an idea of what I'm looking what I'm going to be seeing if I get to visualize this one day? Just uh, in my head. Think of Picasso, right? Yeah. But think more of his abstract era. <laughs> the, the head and eyes are all wonky. Yeah. Let me paint a let me paint a picture for you. <laughs> oh, I love this. <laughs> uh, my backswing is actually significantly different than it used to be. So I used to I used to do a lot of funky stuff in the backswing. I used to take it way outside, kind of flare it wide open. And the first time I saw my swing on camera, I was like, "What the heck am I doing? Like that? That's not even yeah. a golf swing. What is that?" Um, and I've worked extremely hard to, to make changes. So I would say it's much, uh, you know, uh, visually it's more appealing now than it used to be. Uh, okay. I mean, it, I mean, what Lou's done there really interestingly, and this is why he is our average golfer in the group. Uh, he has just basically outlined everything about this pod today in that sentence. So he's literally by accident just outlined every part of the pod, which is great because this is such so, so, questions I've always had with students and conversations I've had with students over 20 plus years of coaching around what the 
what you know what the backswing actually is. And my first question to say, Greg, and I know what the answer was for myself. Like, so Greg, when you first saw your backswing, I know when I first saw my backswing, it kind of went where I thought it went. Like, that's why I thought it looked like uh, similar for you or not. Uh, Yes, not really. I I was surprised at a couple of things. I think, and 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 you know, like all golfers, professional and amateur, sometimes if you're used to seeing things on TV or used to seeing swings, you pick it to pieces, right? Yeah. And I think that's what Lou's referring. He knows what a good golf swing's supposed to look like, um, but you just pick it to pieces. And I did the same at a, at a more minute, sort of finite level. Um, but yeah, are you saying yours was close to perfect, and you were just thrilled? No, it wasn't perfect. So I knew it was long which right. it is. Right. I knew my arms went quite a long way back, cause, and they did. I knew I would look half textbook, you know, so if you go down the line, I'm going to be making some angles that makes a lot of sense, and it did. Um, and I knew it would have looked not particularly fast. It kind of had a flow to it, which it did. There wasn't a massive surprise where for Lou and lots of people that I've taught, you show them their backswing for the first time if they've never seen it. Obviously, you don't get so many of them now because most people can just record their swing. But certainly at the beginning of video tuition and stuff, and they were like, who's that? That's not that's not me doing that. Yeah, I had a lot of right. angles in my backswing too. <laughs> oh, your your <laughs> angles, lot. Lou. Your angles were impressive. And you didn't – You, I presume you didn't feel like you would – doing that did you no not at all not at all yeah. I, I had and a, and i had a number of, i had a number of different moves too so if you wanted me to swing it like trevino or raymond floyd i'd step up there and and i would just model that swing perfectly and then i saw it on video <laughs> yeah it's it, not looked, that. it was not that it was the opposite of that <laughs> yeah absolutely so if we if we dial that back for the person listening who wants to improve their backswing or understand their backswing more one of the things, one of the standout kind of skills that I had with students was that if you could get them to wherever zero was for them, wherever they thought zero was, so let's say they thought zero was swinging a club straight at the ball or out to in or into out to their desired shape, whatever their kind of zero point was, if they hit that zero point, we were winning. Does that make any sense? So I would have guys who go, oh, that one's way inside. You know, I've hit, I swung back way behind me and that's attacked way into out and you measure it and they're two out to win. And you think, right. okay, we, you know, you need to find their zero. So for Lou looking at his swing and seeing something that he doesn't really feel is happening for lots of golfers can be a real problem. You've got to be able to kind of bring reality into what you've got in your mind. Because if you look at a green wall and you see it as red, you're either colorblind or you're just your brain's not working, basically. So we need to establish some rules so we can both understand what that color is. And it's exactly the same with people's backswings, because classic example is takeaway. Lots of people listening would have thought about their takeaways. Lou, your takeaway, I think, off the top of my hand, your hands would go perfection. out and the club would go back. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah, perfection. yeah, that's what yeah. I think of when I my backswing. <laughs> but you was your hands out, club back as a visual, you know, in that classic kind of takeaway that lots of people struggle with. Yeah, I mean, I, I started the backswing with the arms and the hands, right? And, yeah. and nothing was really turning, um, and so I would take the club way outside, immediately start cocking the wrist, immediately start opening up the club face. Yeah, um, and and my shoulders, you know, hadn't really turned much at all by the time yeah. the club got to parallel so 
Everything was very arms and hands. Do you see what I mean? My point being that if if in your head that's Tiger Woods' backswing that you're making, we're not going to go anywhere, are we? Like our, our zero point is so far off, we can't even have a conversation. Is it like we're looking well, at? Well, I mean, I knew it. as soon as green. I saw it, I knew it was like, ooh, we, yeah. we got we got something to work on here. <laughs> we got some work to do. So, but but that leads on to the next point. It's not just seeing it. So seeing it gives you an idea. Like you know, I can see now that's pretty funky. It's you've had lessons like this, Greg. I'm sure where someone says, "Oh, that one's different," and you literally you I measure and it's no different, or you show them on a, a 2D image and it's no different, and they're like, "There's no way that's the last swing." And again, for people who are listening who want to improve their backswing, the more you can get the reality of what you think you're doing into the physical movement, regardless if it's that you're swinging way outside or way inside or straight up or hinging your wrist less, hinging your wrist more, whatever it is you're trying to achieve that backswing, it's more that the reality that you are creating in your mind comes out in the movement. And there often for students is the gaping hole. Does that Massive. make sense, Greg? You've yeah. probably seen students who are hitting putts yes. way too hard or whatever, and you say, yeah. Yeah, let's just ease off that one, and the next one goes just as hard, and they go, right, that one's softer. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, yes, yes, yes. There's gone. a massive, massive <laughs> gap between perception and reality, right? And yeah. Yes, you have to, the more you narrow that gap, and some of that comes down with just the, the body awareness of, of where you are in space and time. And it's always, it's always very, uh, an interesting one because I can't jump into your body. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, as scary as that might sound for if I was jumping in a loose body or something like that. I'm not sure I want to spend a day inside that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's just tough for, for, and that's where good coaches come into it. You know, someone can, can explain it in a different way so that you, you get it or show you in a different way. And, and as we know, there's always lots of technology these days that are telling us a lot of things, particularly at impact. Yeah. Um, and even if you have the money to do, you know, something that, uh, you know, a 3D kind of thing and things like that, that's uh, that's getting more and more affordable now with the advent of apps and things like that. So yeah. sports box or whatever you want to use. Um, so, yeah, there's there's definitely it's definitely a gap you need to bridge so you can understand um, why you move the way you move and, and how that affects the, the golf balls and the swing. And for you, Lou, I mean that is a bridge you've gapped. Or you've made you've kind of you've made that bridge smaller, haven't you? The reality of the movement you make to what you now think you're making, I presume, is getting closer, isn't it? Yeah, it's getting close. It's been. Uh, I, I spent a lot. Of, I fixed my backswing in my living room. To be yeah, honest, yeah, I, I love that. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. in my living room. So Tell what, them what I, you, exactly? Because so yeah. people listening, listening to this, because like the best, li- the best students always do off course work. <laughs> Go on, yeah, go on. and so I did it in my living room, and I would actually um, use my my television. So I had plenty of area to, to to swing a club, and we have higher ceilings. <laughs> Where's this and, I, and I would right? use the reflection in my television. Oh, I like it. Uh, uh, right? yeah. So the reflect that's why there reflection in my television. <laughs> cool. So I, I would use that for my ropes and everything going it, on there. His wife, like, hey, can we watch your show on Netflix? <laughs> nah, turn the TV off. I got a got a scene swinging in my back. Have a look at this. Yeah, just yeah. move just move that light over there. I want that reflection back. Yeah, yeah. let's watch this for three hours. So I'll be better. I'll be better. 
and, and so I would I would do that, and I would use that as my mirror. And yeah. one of the things, and I um, think of like a box. So we have a really small dog. He's only weighs eleven pounds, and he has this tiny little uh, flexible doghouse. Um, and it's only about a foot and a half high. It's like a box. Just imagine a box that shows up from Amazon on your door. That's you know eighteen inches high, roughly. And I took that box and I would put it maybe 24 inches or so behind where the ball would be, basically kind of right in line with the ball, maybe a little bit inside. And what I would do was I would just go back to not even to the club being parallel, and I would I would have to miss that box. My old swing went so outside and so handsy that it would just smash the box every time. So I would do these moves in slow motion. And literally do, you know, a hundred or 200 of these a night. Um, and I would just go back to a certain point and then reset and go back to a certain point where I was keeping sort of that triangle between my shoulders and my hands kind of perfectly straight, almost like swinging like a gate almost. And it was just rehearsing that movement over and over and over again. And for me, when I first started, um, when I started to add, even a little bit of speed to that, I would start to, you know, whack into that, into that box. Yeah. You um, regress to the mean, and, don't you? That's what people and, do. And then, so I would, you know, just repeat trying to miss that box over and over and over again. And if you look at the before and after of what my backswing used to look like, and after I did this drill for, you know, three straight weeks, a hundred to 200 reps a day, yeah. it was a monumental change in not just what it looked like, but how it set me up for the rest of the swing. Like there were a lot of compensations that I had to, I had to do to overcome how I was starting things. Yeah. And I still have, you know, plenty of that. I still have a long way to go. Um, but it is much more functional. And I would say, you know, 90% of the reason my swing has changed so much has been because of that backswing work, that, you know, that takeaway work. Yeah. And I love that, Lou. I mean, I used to say it to students, still do constantly, you know, just how often should I practice? Well, not many people have I told to stop practicing. And they say, oh, I can't get to the range that often. You know, I'm busy. You can do this at home. You can, you can do what I, whatever we're working on at home more often than not. And you basically just explained, if you, if you listen and read between the lines of what Lou's just said there, he's basically just bridged that gap between reality in his head to what the reality actually is coming out. And if you bridge that gap, that is the first stage for you making changes to your backswing. Now, to make changes to your backswing, because I'm not a great fan of like backswing lessons where your backswing needs to do this, because you can see many funky movements, many funky backswings, PJ Tour, in your clubs, at the range, that are functional. One of the words Lou used there was functional. People say, oh, I'm trying to change X movement in the backswing. And I say, go on and hit some shots. And they hit some shots and, you know, they're hitting it. Good speed, repeatable shape each time, pretty decent strike. And I said, well, why are you trying to make that change in your backswing? And they would say, well, because I don't like the way it looks. Oh, but that's mm. that's one of the killers for people in reality to what's really happening. Greg, would you agree with that with your yeah, lessons? Yeah, people like to make it look better, don't they? Yeah, it's it's the, in, I've been guilty of this in my career as well, and I, I really wish I wasn't because there was a period in my where my backswing, like you speak of earlier, Mark, was really quite long, and yeah. and I, I was in love with Steve Elkington's position at the top of his swing, and I just wanted to look like that. Yeah. Now, as it turns out, 
me having a really long backswing was a big part of the reason how I generate power. Yeah. Um, and so I, I needed that long laggy kind of look and that was how I generated lag and power. I, when I got really solid at what you call note, what my coaches call it travel, where the club just stopped at the top, think Jason Day or something like that. Yeah, yeah. If I did that, I got very scoopy with the ball, like very, I didn't, I didn't, didn't, uh, what do you call it? Lag it correctly. Sorry. Okay. Trying to find my words. Um, so yeah, there's, there's definitely a trap when you fall into, I, I'd start from how, how do you, how do you hit the ball? How do you deliver the club? Yeah. Why are we worried about the backswing? If you actually deliver the club beautifully um, yeah, yeah. and consistently, like you're talking about, like, don't worry about the aesthetics so much. And, um, it's a, it's a definitely a dark road to go down to, and it's, it can quite often make you play even worse. Yeah, and there's a time to to think about the way it looks as long as it relates to what's happening down at the the money shot, the bit when you're hitting the ball. And then there's a time just to ignore the quirky bits because, like Greg's saying there, that's what makes him function because we all have very different body types. You know, I, I, think you. The, I think the important part about the this drill that I did in my living room, <clears throat> it was not for me, it was not about hitting a certain position. That's yeah. not what it was. Yeah. It was about um, trying to ingrain a feel like yeah. I was trying to change how it looked quote unquote um, because the way I was starting my backswing put me in some really bad spots that I had to overcome and I was trying to get rid of that but when I would you know take a I'll just call it a more proper backswing it felt so odd and so awkward yeah. and all I was trying to do was give myself some feedback so that box was a feedback device give myself feedback and repeat this motion over and over and over again. So it, it became less foreign feeling um, to me. <clears throat> and that was, I think, probably the, the, the biggest reason, you know, why I was doing that. And what really helped me to change was developing that different feel. It's like when you, when you make a swing and you watch it on camera and you think, you know, I'm going to swing this and, and make it look like, you know, Matt Wolf, who's got, you know, a real loopy swinger, Jim Furyk, or I'm going to make this look perfect like Adam Scott. And you do that. And in your mind, you think that's what it was. And it's felt like that, but it's, it's not that at all. So the whole point of this exercise in my living room was to, to, to try to ingrain some new feels. So they became, you know, very normal to me. Yeah. Uh, does that make sense? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, it does. It does. And it's a great way to ingrain yeah. new fields. Taking the ball out of the equation is a good starting point for lots of people, certainly with limited times, because hitting the shot is often where the confusion lies. It, there's a reaction element to hitting a shot and humans react. You take that element away, Lou's able to ingrain something very different. And then with those memories in his mind, those feelings that he's holding on to, he then stands in front of a ball and see what happens. And that's a skill of learning in itself. And it leads me on to the next point as well, I think, which obviously Lou took professional advice. He had lessons and he, he worked with a coach that we've had on the podcast. Um, check back some some um, past episodes if you haven't checked them out already. Um, 
you know, the big question I always ask for a student before I meddle with anything in their swing, and certainly the backswing, as that's today's topic, is that movement, is that backswing helping you or hurting you? Lou established that there were certain positions or certain movements that he was making that were hurting him, so he wanted to change them, and those positions would have been relating, I presume, Lou, to the contact stroke impact that you were making. You were reverse engineering it from that model, I'm sure, weren't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we basically started at, you know, at impact and, um, you know, none of the work that I did with uh, Jason Giesbrecht, who I've been working with now for over a year, none of the work was positional related. It was yeah. all driven, you know, it was to make me functionally more consistent, functionally better in swinging the golf club. So it had nothing. I, my swing still looks pretty funky. Um, if, Does it if, not? I mean, it's improved nearly there. <laughs> it's Enjoy. not nearly that. It's, it's not Greg. Yeah, it's not that. It's somewhere in between. Yeah. Um, I haven't got one in between. Um, it, it's maybe it's this. It's that now, is it? Oh, I don't know if you can even hear that. This hole in putts now. Is he pressing buttons now? Yeah, he just he just wants to use his sound effects right now. Yeah, I do. I, I need <laughs> that some last new one ones. No sense. Lou, I have a question. I have a question, right? Yeah. So if you deliver the club, you deliver the club definitely better, right? Oh after, yeah. After work. yeah. Could you make your old? But this is a reverse engineer. The reverse engineer. Could you make your old backswing move? Is it just that you would have a ridiculous amount of compensations to get back to a good spot now into impact? If you think. Yeah, I mean, I, I could definitely, uh, I could still do that, and I and I this I still struggle with it with with uh, longer clubs driver, especially when I try to put a lot of speed into the mix. Yeah, like I, I that's, that's very one of the common. Reasons, that's very common. Right? Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I'm slower. Like I can still move the club fast, but if I'm trying to keep the ball on the planet, um, I have to. I have to slow down. It's very hard for me to do this at full tilt right now. The minute I try to, you know, take my driver back up and, you know, and swing it a lot faster, um, a lot of the old habits creep back in and it causes all sorts of uh, things start flying everywhere. They yeah. start flying everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> There's <absolutely>. flailing bits. <laughs> flailing bits. <laughs> He's flailing again. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely yeah. asking yourself uh, if your backswing is helping or hurting you uh, is a big question you need to ask for any question, uh, any changes that you make or that you think you make. Please don't just make changes because you want it to look a certain way. Um, and the best way to do that is the way Lou is explaining that he worked with a coach and it was driven by results. It was driven by outcome. Uh, I do see a lot of people going to the range and oh, I'm going to try this week and try this this week and try that this week. And I just think, oh, Right, the randomization of it is a little bit scary. Um, also leads us on to our last point then with backswing. Some of the best success I've had with golfers in in changing their backswing, and Lou's mentioned one pitfall already, is by playing with power the ver- and how they interpret power and how they get power out onto the club, as well as shot shaping. You know, getting someone who is a serial slicer to just try and hit the biggest snap hooks they've ever hit, it's really scary for them. Amateurs don't like hitting bad shots. They don't like hitting bad shots in lessons mm. because they think, well, I've hit, I hit enough bad shots without paying you money. Why, why do I need to come here and hit more bad shots? Well, let's pretend you're a serial slicer of the ball and I can get you to snap up the ball on purpose 
you're now basically a race to the middle ground. You've got both ends of that argument. Mm. You've learned both ends of discussion and it's now a race more to the middle ground. It doesn't work with everyone, but it works with a lot of golfers. When you get people who are just serial, they're serial one-siders, big hookers or big faders, the opposite movement feels so odd. And what mm. happens is then when you do get them to their a more functional point, they think that's really extreme. But if you take them to the extreme, the other way, when mm. you get them back to their functional, they're like, oh, that feels quite good. It, it's perception. Again, it's bridging that reality to what they think is happening. Is that something you do, Greg, with your uh, students? Yeah, you try and actually, push them a little bit. Like I get, I used to play, how far can I push this person? Like I just, there's, how far? There's, there's so much there that resonates for me as, a, as sort of a fledgling sort of out-of-the-gate coach when it comes to full swing stuff. I was coaching a member recently, and, and they were a slicer. Yeah. And the two things that you said there that I found inter- just hit me in the head. Um, one, it just took me f- uh, quite a while to convince him that we were in a safe space on the driving range yeah. and we could experiment. Yeah. You know, like it's okay, mate. We can, yeah. we can hit snap hooks here. So anyway, we went from a slice to his version of a snap hook was a one yard fade. Yeah. You know? And it <laughs> exactly. was beautiful. Yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah. And I said, that looks all right to me, mate. I said, that's you trying to hook the, you know, yeah. hell out of it, basically. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we got there eventually. But, yeah, it's it's part of it was just convincing the student that it was okay to experiment with that and, and try it out. And and sure enough, they that did change the way they, they moved and the way, certainly the way that the, if you're looking, talking about backswing position, it certainly changed that. Yeah. Um, because, yeah. And it was more instinctive to them rather than me telling them, hey, put it here. Yeah. Um, because I, I have seen students, I've got a couple of these, Mark, now where the backswing position looks fine and then you think if you saw the still of it, you'd be like, they should deliver the club well and then they find a way to oh, move yeah. differently. From there. The backswing is one part. It, they can still, yes, everyone, everything. it can still go very pear-shaped from there down, subject to the forces and what have you, talks going into that handle and how you've managed to get to that position that looks functional. Lou, is that a way you would practice? Are you a bit of a, I'm going to push it the other way and come back? Or are you trying to get it? Because, I mean, I learned very quickly with students. I was going nowhere very fast trying to get them to do the, the, the functional movement. They just wouldn't get there. They would get there for two shots and run back. And I found, like, if I went them the other side, I did get them back. How are you learning, Lou? Are you a push it the other side and then come back? Or are you just trying to get it right? Uh, no, I'm I'm practicing uh, to to try to hit it a, a lot of different ways, and and uh, so I'm I'm very much the sort of the Adam Young school of of trying different things, differential practice, random practice, hitting it all over the face. You know, I do. I posted recently a drill that I do where, like, I will try to have my club path, you know, three degree at least three degrees into out. And then I intend, and I try to keep the club path there at least, you know, has to be three degrees into out or, or more than that. And then I'll hit a ball and the ball needs to start, um, uh, you know, more than three degrees, the opposite direction, and then zero to three degrees, the opposite direction, and then zero to three degrees, the same direction, and then three plus the other direction. And that's teaching me to kind of keep the path in the same spot and move the face all over the place. And then I do it the opposite. So then I set up to, you know, hit. Uh, so, so my path is like, I'm trying to hit a cut and then I'll try to hit, you know, really big cuts, really little cuts, medium cuts, and then I'll try to, you know, double cross it. Um, and so I do a lot of work like that, not only with path and club face, but with low point control where I'm intentionally, you know, trying to hit it really fat 
and way on the toe or really thin and way on the heel. So yeah. I'm constantly moving around to, uh, to try to work at my ability to strike the golf ball on different parts of the face with the face and path and different relationships. And, yeah. you know, those, those kind of things have been extremely helpful for me. Um, I have a, a launch monitor and, and I've talked about this before and, and I do drills where, you know, I, I will swing the club and I will try to guess what the path is. I'll try to guess what the launch angle was. I'll try to guess, you know, which way it's launching horizontally, um, which way it's launching vertically. Um, I will, I will try to guess exactly what happened and then I'll look at the numbers. Um, I try not to cheat. I can kind of see where it goes into, you know, my screen. So I try not to cheat. I try not to look. Um, I just try to base it off of feel. And it's a, it's a really interesting way to try to, you know, hone, you know, what you're actually, you know, what you're feeling and what that relates to, and then trying to move that all around. So if I have, you know, a wedge in my hand or whatever club I have in my hand, uh, whatever the loft is, I'm typically trying to launch it about half that. So if I have a 60 degree wedge, I'm trying to launch it at 30. And then I'll play around with that. I'll try to launch some where I launch them at 25 and then I'll try to launch some at 35 and I'll kind of try to move that around and up and down the ladder. Um, and that kind of practice, in my opinion, is extremely effective. So if you can do that, you can do th those kind of things without, you know, having technology, um, you, know, you can accomplish a lot with, you know, foot spray and, and, um, ropes, you know, you know, <laughs> ropes drawing <laughs> lines on the ground. <laughs> Wait for so, the ropes. <laughs> the ropes. If you didn't say it, I was going to, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you're right, Lou. And I think as well for students, what was always interesting when I was teaching, you know, completely full time is that it amazed me how many students weren't practicing in those ways they were very much practicing in a and i get it as well because practice was part of their weekly social activity you know so the half hour practice they want it to be fun they don't want to go there and it's snap hooks and big slices they want to go there and it's some functional ones because they've got 40 minutes to hit ball so i kind of get it as well but definitely the ones that were able to do what lou is saying there and greg mentioned it earlier about the safe space on the range they were able to let go a little bit and experiment. They were able to come back with so many more skills. Well, yeah, the other thing too position is or whatever. The hmm. other thing that I think made a huge difference for me and, and I, you know, you, you too are much better than me and it, but may go through the same thing is I significantly slowed down my practice. And instead of, I, I hit a lot less balls now when I practice. And that's because in between reps, I am often rehearsing very exaggerated moves more than yeah. once. Yeah. So I will make very exaggerated practice swings in slow motion, sometimes a little quicker speed, and then I'll hit a ball. Yeah. Um, and then I will do the same rehearsals in between shots. So I'm hitting way less shots, but I'm trying to you know, develop and exaggerate certain feels, which then helps to helps me to, you know, um, make the changes I need to make to be more functional in, in how I'm moving. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're going to hit shots at the range, definitely try and fire, uh, throw a few variations in there. Just if you can hit a big snap hook to order, so a snap hook to, or even, you know, a hook that starts right and then really curves left of target, even if it starts straight and curves left of target is a, is a 
breakthrough for someone who's serial slicing the ball and then the people who are hooking it if you can't hit big slices um because what you'll do is like greg said earlier it, it, you get people you know slicing every drive hit a massive snap hook and they hit a two-yard fade and they think they think that's an extreme so just think about the statement that i used to say to him i said just listen to what you've just said a hitting a functional more powerful shot to you feels extreme rolling back to the start my point at the start the reality in your head is wrong. Basically, if you're a computer, I would turn you off and on again because you're just out of sync. And so many amateurs do get out of sync. And it's not just amateurs. The people listening to this pod, tour pros get out of sync. Most of the tour pro changes you'll see on, on ranges is a reboot. It's a restart. It's a ball position tweak. It's a backswing tweak of the hip turn, shoulder turn, wrist angle, arm position. It's tiny. It's not a rebuild just to give them a feel of the fade they want to hit or the draw they want to hit. That's pretty hey, speaking, fair, Greg, uh, Speaking it? of computers. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yes. Oh, here we go. Go, Luke. Speaking of computers, this is this is big news. Um, right. I, I'm, I've been working on uh, a prototype. Um, <laughs> oh, God. I've been working on so a prototype. I so he comes on. He just comes me, out with these things. Help me better. Um, it's hard to work on low point control inside. Okay. Right? There's a couple of devices on the market that that can help you do that. I'm trying. I'm trying to come up with a better mousetrap. So I'm prototyping some things on this, and and we're working hard in the lab right now to in the, uh, lab. In the, <laughs> That's the garage. Use lab. I love it. Lab. We're, Just we're taking the dog out, guys, into the lab. He goes. <laughs> I'll keep you updated on the progress, but this yeah. could be this could be revolutionary. revolutionary. This is like huge Frankenstein's huge. coming out, and yeah. like oh, there's my no word. question. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> so i mean backswing what does your backswing say about you for me i want my i want my backswing to say about me what i think it says i want my backswing to be a beatles song in my head and when i hear it i record it and play it back it is love me do that's what it is i don't play it back and it's metallica that's the biggest trick that students can do that really helps them shift the needle when you get their reality in line with what they think is happening, so their reality with the reality of what's actually coming out, then the goals can shift, the kind of moving your game forwards and and making the changes can really shift. If you don't align those realities, cool, I've had students where it's taken quite a few lessons to get those realities aligned. And sometimes it has to get to the stern talk stage. Have you had the stern talk stage yet, Greg? Sometimes... I just, um, I've had enough. They're getting it. If they, if they yeah. come this lesson, <laughs> yes. I don't yes. care if they rebook. This isn't going on because <laughs> I'm not enjoying taking their money and them not getting any better. So it's yes. stern talk time. Yes, yes. Trying to speed up, speed up that process. Yes. I'll never forget <laughs> when I worked in London, we had loads of Aussie um, um, coaches who came over and coached. There was a guy called Simon Goff. If he's ever listening, he's a golf pro in, in Oz. Um, I hope he's listening. Um, it was him. He went out. He had this student. I'll never forget it. I was in the bay next to him. I didn't know where to look. He got a pen and bit of paper and he said to the student, tell me five things I've told you. And the student said, like, you know, change my grip needs to be two knuckles rather than whatever. I need a wider stance. I need this. that." And it, they listed off five or ten things. He then turned the list to, to the person and said, 
which one of those are you doing? Basically, they were doing none of them. It was like the sternest telling. It was like a school telling off. That yes. student, I was literally next, Bay next, just singing, oh, he is hammering this person. Yes. Um, but they, it, it worked well. That person turned around. It was like, you can keep paying me, we can keep chatting, or you say you want to get better, so... I'm going to the stern talk bit because we need to get these realities aligned. Yes. There we go. It's it's what? allowed to feel different, I think, is the key. Yeah, that's you know, a great one to finish yeah. with, 100%. It's allowed to feel different. I have a lot. I've had, that feels so different, okay? That's yeah. That's why we're here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if it didn't feel different, you'd still be eating those 20-ounce slices, wouldn't you? Because it's got to feel different. Yes. That's, you're saying it almost like it's a negative. When you say that to me, I think that's a positive. That's <laughs> yes. the difference. Let's align yes. those realities. Yeah. Uh, so what does your backstring say about you? Hopefully it says what you think it does. If it doesn't, work with a pro, work with someone who can help you get those, um, the, the ideas of how it works or what is coming out is aligning what's in your head. And you have then got a uh, a green light to go and make those changes. Just one, one last guys. question before oh, we wrap oh, up. I was yeah, just one last question. There, I know, but I, this is an I important question. Really? So, And what? I know it's hard. It's, I know it's hard to generalize. <laughs> But uh, listen, I'll go down the stat hole if you want me to. Gonna, I'll keep you here for another hour. I was going to turn his mic down and yeah. just play the music. Yeah, that's. Uh, I love the abuse I take on here. It's, it's wonderful. Go um, on, Lou. So for the typical weekend golfer, which yeah. um, we have a lot of listeners that fall into that category. Yeah. Uh, and I know it's hard to generalize, but how important is the, the takeaway you know, the, the initial part of the swing, you know, is it, is this something they really should be focused on like that? Listening to all the things we've talked about today, that's one of the questions I would ha- have in my mind if I was at, you know, 10 or 12 handicap, is this, is this a really important part of the puzzle? Does this really kind of set the tone for everything else? Or should I not worry about it too much? Or should I just find a good instructor to help me figure it out? That one, because what yeah. you see is funky can win major championships. Yeah. So you're yeah. saying I got a chance for majors? You, you might not have a chance. I might I was not. Thinking I more Lee Trevino than you, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Once you once you finish that last gadget you're building for low point control, you're there. Yeah, uh, yeah. gonna be good. But yeah. I, just, I mean, I think I've seen on Twitter multiple times someone posted like, you know, you know, an amount to like twenty pros at the top of their backswing, and yeah. not one of them is the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it, there's it's so many so... elements to getting that face to work and deliver. Uh, so many different ways to get the face at a different angle from your wrist, how much your arms rotate, how much you turn your shoulders, the angle you turn them on, how much you tilt. There are so many versions. You've got to use Greg, the version that works for you. Greg, do we know how your backswing stacks up against the number one, Greg? Have we seen a side-by-side no, we, yeah. top Gregs in the world backswing I'm tra- comparison? I'm, trending. I'm going to be past yeah. it by the end of the year. I hope so. I hope so. I've got big goals this year, Lou. Big goals. Number one in the world and uh, win something. Win something, something. which is why you're going to play in my member guests. (laughs) Coming in to lose member guests and tick that box at some point in the year. Member guests playing as a four handicap. Yeah, still won't win. Uh, Are we allowed to close, Lou? I want to just check. Are we allowed to close? You have my permission. There we go. Thank you for listening, everybody. Lou has given us. Wait, hold a, on a second. I got oh, one more. Hang on, Lou's back. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Go ahead, wrap it up. I know, wrap it up. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Can't wait to catch you in the next episode.